Stop, listen, and ask yourself, have you ever pondered at the idea that there may be something to the other side? If so, and you're hearing my voice for the first time, then you may have just fallen into the void. Hey, hey, hey there, and welcome to another episode of Into the Void, where we talk about anything and everything paranormal. I'm your host with the most, G-Man. Alongside me is my awesome co-host, The Mystic. So guys, today is the start of a three-part series we like to call Hunting 101. That's right, Hunting 101. Now these next three episodes, we hope, will give you insight and readiness when it comes to doing your own investigations. Now we do ask you to remember that What is said in these next three episodes are based off of our own experiences and knowledge. So without a doubt, let's jump right into Hunting 101. We had mentioned in the previous episode, we have a ghost story that is submitted to us uh, by a listener. We're not going to get too much into that right now because we're going to talk about all of that in the next episode. So what we want to do in this episode is tell you what G-Man and I feel it takes to look at a case like this. So what sort of knowledge, G-Man, would you want to have prior to going into investigation? That's actually really interesting that you would ask me that because whenever you and I have this type of conversation, there's always four things that really stand out to me. Research, debunking, environment, and having an open mind. You know, when it comes to research, it's really, really important that, you know, you don't miss any relevant details such as, you know, critical event or, you know, history of a location, sources of information such as library, public records, and eyewitness accounts. They're really important to have, especially when it comes to doing the research. One big thing I know for sure that is really big is interviews. Not only are they important, but they give you your investigation credit when credit is due. I mean, Mystic, I don't know how you feel about that. I definitely agree with uh, having interviews. I know that's something that's not really easy to come across, but it definitely gives, I mean, all your research, the more research you do, the more credit you give yourself as an investigator. But eyewitness testimonies concerning what goes on in a location is probably your biggest bit of information. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Mystic, let me ask you something. Why do you feel having as much knowledge about your environment is so important. The more knowledge you can get going into an investigation prior to going into investigation helps you understand the kind of environment you're walking into depending on the kind of location you're going. So for example, let's talk about a hospital. You're going to a condemned hospital. You get all the information, you go to public records, you go to libraries, you find out that it was a hospital for a long time. It had surgical wings. It may have or may have not been a mental asylum prior to. That little tidbit of information is crucial because now you know, okay, from this time to this time, it was a mental asylum and then it turned into a hospital from that time to whenever it was finally shut down. Mm. Depending, like, let's say it was an asylum in the 50s. Okay, so, you know, lobotomies happened and all these other cruel stuff happened. You kind of have a sense of what you're walking into as far as what activity you would expect. It's interesting when you talk about a hospital and the environment, being able to really assess what is around that location first. Exactly. And that goes into what I call, and I'm pretty sure what you call, your pre-investigation walkthrough. That is part of your research 
because you want to have a good understanding of what you're physically walking into. So let's say you do a walkthrough day of the investigation. You get to see inaccessible areas, areas that are hazardous because of biohazardous waste that hasn't been picked up or it's just in such disrepair that part of the building's falling apart, so on and so forth. The environment, which is, I know, another one of the four things that I had mentioned, you know, in my time of doing investigations, a walkthrough was always, always important. Being able to make sure that you know where certain things are and how, you know, if there's debris in the way, if you want to make sure you don't hit stuff like that. You know, having one of your team members mapping out air vents, electrical panels, anything and everything that will make a noise, you know, to aid your debunking as, as, as you go about your investigation, doing everything you need to do to keep your team members uh, safe while the sun is still up. Right. And that mapping out is crucial because not only is it precautionary safety concern that you're taking into consideration, but in the back of your mind, it's something to also remember that when you're walking through a location and you hear a bump in the night, it's not always going to be a ghost or a demon or, right. or a residual entity. It's the building is condemned for a reason. It's falling apart for a reason due to age. So you have to take into consideration, especially when you map out all of the aforementioned things that you laid out. When you map all that out, you know that in a certain area, there may be a noise, there may be a trick of light, there may be a movement somewhere that you can easily disprove because you had the forethought to say, okay, that in the dark looked like it could pass for something else. Or like electrical panels that run on a cycle, okay, there's that humming noise, okay, I know it's that panel because it came on or it's powered for whatever reason. Things like that, and it's that kind of attention to detail that is super, super paramount when you walk in like a condemned building or something like that. Yeah, so as far as when it comes to debunking, my example for it, of course, is back doing the uh, Jekyll Island Club and Hotel. We had that chandelier with the crystal that was consistently making this ding, right, ding, right, ding right. noise. And so we had to debunk that ourselves. I mean, we called the janitor, got a ladder, debunked the fact that it was an air vent causing this noise to happen. I mean, debunking plays a huge factor in any investigation. Right. So that's something that I know, do you, Mystic, you do that when it comes to doing your investigations is a lot of debunking, a lot of trying to determine whether or not what you just heard or what was just picked up on an EVP. Right, because debunking, the textbook definition for that is to show that something is false, whether like a belief or a theory, and it continues to say that it is to show the falseness of a story or an idea or a statement. Debunking at its core as an investigator, can I rule out all plausible causes of that trick of light, that random sound I heard? Moving shadow in the dark. Okay, your first thought is to go investigate it. If you can overcome that flight or fight impulse to remove yourself from the situation, you go and investigate. To investigate properly, at least in my opinion, you would go and say, okay, I saw something move right to left. Okay, what in my immediate area would have done that so you start looking to see if there's something that can move with wind if you're in a team if someone had walked by and had not called out that they were walking by with that did you hear anything when you saw said object move that detail rules out a lot because if you couldn't hear footsteps you can rule out okay then it was a team member or was someone trespassing on the grounds when they're not supposed to be here or if you're in a location that has like an on-site janitorial service, the Jekyll Island Hotel, or an on-site security service, those are things you have to take into consideration. Let's say you're walking down a corridor, you just see a trick of light out of the corner of your eye, 
outside of a window. Did you see someone walk by? If you are on a team and you have radios, call out, hey, was anyone by this window, by this corridor? No, okay, that rules out however many chances, depending on how many people you have in your team, so on and so forth. When you experience something, don't immediately take it as it's something paranormal. If you claim that and people start believing that someone else is going to come in, see something or not see something, and then disprove you. Okay, so debunking is really where investigators credit and discredit themselves. So yes, yeah, I was just thinking that actually. Yeah, the better eye you have for detail and the better use of logic that you can implement in an investigation makes or breaks you. Now, what about like people who don't have that real good sense of having that eye for things? Would you say then using your logic would be probably the most best thing to do in a situation like that? Yeah, if you don't have an eye for detail like you physically can't see in the dark, some people have better vision at night than others. If you have even a base sense of logic of saying, okay, in the darkness, there was a shadow. So there's a darker dark moving across me. Okay. What could that possibly be? And then you would go about trying to reach out to team members. Now, if you're doing an investigation alone, which I don't recommend, I'm sure G-Man, you can agree with me. But it happens. I oh, yeah. I do it all the same time. Same here. Same here. I don't recommend it, but I do it. For example, if it was me, I'm in the dark. There's a darker figure moving across. Okay. Yeah. Flight or fight impulse comes in, but then what could it be? Now, that all really depends on where you're at mm-hmm. and what your location is. And we're not going to go into that detail because that we don't have the time for that. <laughs> That'll be an entirely different episode yeah, right we'll, down the road. Debunking will probably be in its own episode because it's just one of those topics that... We can just go on forever because there's a lot to take into consideration. There's a lot that you have to take into consideration when performing an investigation. Absolutely. If you talk to anyone who's a police officer, they will tell you the exact same thing. Let me do something here. I want to talk about how significant it is to have as much of an open mind as possible. What we mean by that strong open mind is a mind that is capable of accepting any and all possibilities. It could be, it could not be. And that is the best way to perform investigations is that every time you see, every time you capture, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this, that, or the other. It could not be this. It could not be that. It could not be anything. So would you say just because it's haunted doesn't necessarily necessarily mean mean you will get something? A lot of investigators and some parapsychologists theorize that is proof of an intelligent haunting. I feel that's malarkey. Because then, at that point, every haunting is an intelligent haunting. Right, yeah. By definition, for me at least, of an intelligent haunting is you can communicate with that. And that's kind of, it's kind of debunking, but it's not debunking because you're capturing, like, a live event. What I've seen done is, I call it the flashlight trick. You set the flashlight on a surface, and then you just speak into the darkness, and then the light turns on. Now, if you can get the light to respond to a question, one for yes, two for no, or vice versa, that is an intelligent haunting because whatever's there is affecting the light source. Unless you're going to be those dudes that have like a remote control light and just are just trying to credit yourself, be gone with you. But genuine intelligent hauntings are when you can repeatedly get a response from whatever's in the dark with you. You know, one, one example I have of that actually is there was a, uh, they, they called it the dollhouse. This was back in Georgia. It was this place called the dollhouse. And what it was, this home was turned into a museum and the museum itself has dolls after dolls after dolls. And we learned that it is 
very haunted. I mean, these dolls, supposedly they, they move, they come to life. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that these dolls come from children, children that have passed away, children that have died of some sort of disease or something. And when I was there, I was told that there is a lot of intelligent hauntings that go on in that in that building. And so one of the tricks that we did was we actually put a flashlight down and uh, we had it to where the flashlight, you just barely touch it and it'll, it'll turn on right. when you touch it. So it was enough for whatever entity was in that room to be able to turn the light on. And we had quite a bit of uh, intelligent responses. These were spirits of children. And we knew it was spirits of children because we saw handprints on the windows. Almost like when you blow your breath on the window. On and the condensation slowly, of the window. Yeah, and it slowly comes through. We, we were seeing that. It's like we were, we were asking questions to the children, asking them to come and play. And within seconds, you could see on the window just like a hand forming little little hands and so we'd ask them like can you touch the light and it, it would touch the light and the light would turn on and so i mean having those intelligent hauntings i mean not only are they fascinating and, and amazing but at the same time like it really helps you determine the type of haunting that you're having right and it's that trick actually was to my knowledge not like an instated thing within the field that someone showed me they were like uh they caught a sound and they couldn't recreate said sound because it wasn't recreatable. It was, he, he describes said sound as nothing man-made or animal-made on this world mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah. It was just one of those random sounds. Uh, he, he said it was like some kind of like really, it was first it was a hiss and then it turned into a growl. And so he did the trick of the light uh, with the flashlight. And it's that kind of out-of-the-box thinking is when you hear something and you can't recreate it and you can't really debunk it because you don't have the capability to, okay, then at that point, assume you've got something and now you have to, with whatever gear you've got, try and document that something is there. And that's what that light trick is for, is you sit there with a camera and you record that the light is going on and off as you ask yes or no questions. And yes or no questions are used, are the easiest thing to communicate if you have something that is responsive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you were talking about uh, documenting your 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 findings, and that kind of like really made me think about observation and reporting when you're observing such as an intelligent haunting with the flashlight. And then reporting it, let me ask you, for me personally, when it came to reporting, my reports were mainly just filed away, typing up a report, uh, and then I would report it to other other teams, other other paranormal teams out there right, so they right. can go see it. What do you do as far as when you observe something and you're reporting it? What do you do in that sense to uh, report your findings? When I do an investigation, I don't really make a report until I, after I do all of the digging through, depending on what evidence I have to sift through with. If I have a camera, I have a whole night of video evidence to go through. If I have a digital voice recorder, I've got all the times I had that thing on trying to do EVPs, so on and so forth. When I go through that, I'll make little notes on at this time on the camera, I caught this. And I'll sit there and I'll just rewatch it and rewatch and rewatch it to see if if I see it enough times, if I can find that one detail that discredits that. Your goal should always be to discredit even yourself, okay? Because you have to prove yourself wrong. Anyone can prove themselves right. Anyone can do that. When you go to investigation, you go in with the assumption that just because someone told you it is, that it's going to be for you. Know what I'm saying? 
with uh, the same thing with the audio with the audio files you listen to it over and you listen to it over and over and over again and you try to see okay could it be this could it be that because with, especially with EVPs you won't hear it very rarely will you get an EVP where you can physically hear it with your ears it's mostly just going to be caught on the voice recorder because that has the sensitivity to do so unless you're using like spirit boxes and stuff like that that can actually make and translate things audibly for you not everyone has the money for that so the EVPs you just have to really sit there and again you document okay at this time on the tape I heard this and then you just you should be doing that in the investigation but you should also be doing that when you're going through your findings okay always 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 try to discredit everything that you get and when you can't discredit it that's when you've already credited it you have genuine evidence that something otherworldly is there and that you caught it. The being able to find and, and, and get all the evidence and everything, which I love doing, you know, taking pictures and recording stuff and EVPs and all that. I love it because that, that proves that the, that what you're doing is, is, is genuine and then it's real and that it's there. Exactly. Now for people, for those of you who are starting out uh, investigating and you don't have the money to get you know, a voice recorder or a, a, a camcorder or, you know, post stuff up. You have your cell phone. You have your cell phone. Yes, you have your cell phone, which to my understanding, a cell phone actually is, is probably your best bet because I believe it's the microphone on your on your phone is probably one of the best things to use. It yeah, because up. with various recording apps, you can you can change the sensitivity. Of yeah. The oh, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. So my, my thing is this, utilizing... Your intuition, that gut feeling that you get, would you say that is probably the best thing you can do when you're just starting out? If that's the only thing you have, and believe me, because it's the only thing I've got, <laughs> is just the <laughs> smartphone in my pocket. With going that, with that gut feeling, when I'm walking through a place and I think I see or I think I hear, and I say that because... You'd ne like I can't iterate this and I've never go in with the expectation that you will get anything because then everything is evidence. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you've already contaminated your own evidence. By yeah. That's a big thing, guys. Big, big thing, listeners, is that is if you're starting out investigating, never, ever go in expecting something to happen. I mean, that's that's something that I know Mystic and myself have have learned throughout through you know as time goes on that the hard way. we learned it the hard way yeah we did we did but at the same time it's a life lesson learned exactly and so. even and even pros will tell you some pros will, will might even tell you and I can't speak for them but will probably give you something like go with the want with the desire the genuine desire for knowledge and curiosity that will by far benefit you more so than Oh, people say this plot is haunted. I'm gonna. They say they caught this, this, and this. So I'm gonna get this, this, and this as well. It's not particularly the case. If something doesn't want to communicate with you, it's not going to. Okay. If you catch anything, you may not catch an entity, but you might get an effect of the environment, which is temperature anomalies, orbs of light, so on and so forth. And even then, you can't really expect to get that because Again, if you expect I'm going to catch this, 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 and this, then you're going to catch this, 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 and this. But you didn't try to debunk it. You just took it as, oh, that's a random noise. Okay, I caught a coach doing that. That's not, that's not okay. And even, even at the amateur level, people will scoff at you because that's just, 
it makes you just look like you're doing it for the excitement and not for the genuine pursuit of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's something for you. Ooh, do's and don'ts of paranormal investigations. Yeah. <laughs> the do's and don'ts. So let's talk about the do's and don'ts <laughs> when it comes to investigations. And I'm going to tell you right now, the first never, ever, ever go alone on an investigation. If you're watching a YouTube channel and you see someone going on an investigation by themselves, I can guarantee you that person is not by themselves. And if they are, that is incredibly stupid. Only the brave or the foolish. Exactly. Investigate alone. And like I said, I've done enough times. I feel I am both brave. I am foolishly brave. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a, here's a don't for you. Don't ever break in somewhere just to do an investigation. Yeah, never never trespass. If you're if you're looking at invest uh, at a at a at a case and the location has like hours of operations, like let's say you're doing an, uh, a museum or an actual like active hospital or any any building with operating hours, you really want to get the permission from proper authorities. And if you can't if you can't get the permission, then that site is close to you. It is never, never, never recommended that you trespass because you will get caught. Exactly. Now, here's something to do. Always ask. Always, always. If you know the place is closed off, always ask if it's okay to do some sort of investigation. Even if that means you may have to maybe, like, pay a little bit of a fee for damage fees or whatever. Like, if you know that this location has great hotspots and you you've read investigations from other teams and other other witness accounts they don't just let anybody in there definitely talk with the manager talk with security talk with somebody about being able to do an investigation always get the approval first before just entering a building and i don't mean just talking to someone when you enter a cemetery when you enter a a a home a lot of investigators will do a prayer beforehand and they will do a prayer after, which is a big do. Reason being is you don't want to have something attached to you and bring it home with you, and then you have to deal with it in your own home. If you're married and have kids such as myself, you don't want to bring that home to your family. That's the last thing you need. Disclaimer, that is that statement is not for just Abrahamic faiths. That is of all faiths throughout the world. Whatever your religious practice is, say a prayer before and say it before after. And if you're not religious, well, then hope for the best. Exactly. Don't be disrespectful. To any location when you go on an investigation and you are inside a building and that building has already had broken windows, broken doors, spray paint all over the place. Don't contribute to that. Please just leave it as it is. Do your investigation. Leave everything as is and just leave. The last thing you want to do is to cause more problems for you and your team, cause problems for yourself pay some sort of legal fees, you know what I mean? Like these are these are th these are logic things, but at the same time I feel like these are things that really needed to be said because my time of investigations, I've seen places where people have destroyed a perfectly good area for investigation. I mean, to the point where we had one building, it was the perfect building to do an investigation, and unfortunately, we couldn't go in because everything was boarded up. Then when we looked inside the window, there was glass and there was metal and everything all over the floor and black mold on the walls or the ceilings. I mean, just it was bad. It was real bad, mainly because people were breaking windows. And so there was just really no way to walk through. I mean, even walking up to the building itself, we were getting nails in our shoes. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that... <laughs> It's ridiculous. I I cannot stress this enough. Do not contribute to damaging the property or you know uh, defacing the property because that that's just that makes you look bad as an investigator. You know yeah, that that really kind of blacklists you within the hunting community because now that's a building that is potentially or a location that's potentially kind of off limits now because one guy had to mess it up for everyone else that's actually taking this seriously. Yes. As far as paying respect, if you're walking into, like, specifically a cemetery, and the only reason I bring this up is because that's the final resting place, regardless of what faith is tied to that specific cemetery, it is the final resting place of however many people are interned there. Okay, the last thing you want to do is be stepping all over headstones and little shrines that people pull up and flowers and stuff like that. It's just super rude. Put yourself in their shoes. If you were interned in a cemetery, would you want someone stepping all over the flowers that your family gave you and the headstone that they paid thousands of dollars to have carved with your name on it? No. Exactly, yeah. So don't do it to them. Yeah, exactly. The golden rule, do unto others as you would want unto Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't go in and then try Ouija boards or stuff like that. Don't do that. Don't. I'm going to stop you right there, G-Man. Well. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the whole point the whole point of a going into investigation is to not to piss off whatever's in there, if anything's in there. Okay, so going with the assumption that the location is severely haunted. The last thing you as the investigator want to do, give that thing some way to hold on to you. Because once that happens, right. then, then it's a bigger problem. Right. Now, I will say this, though. As far as the Ouija board goes, I will talk about that some other time because I had my own experience with that, and it was quite interesting, quite fascinating, quite terrifying. Now, as far as provoking an entity, if you've seen the Ghost Adventure show and you see that guy, Zach, provoking entities, probably it's not because he's been doing it longer than anybody else has, but at the same time, it's probably not the best idea. Now, I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying don't do it. What I'm saying is is that be aware that if you are attempting to do this, that something may quite possibly attach itself to you. At the same time, if you have witness accounts during the investigation where somebody has been hurt and you're trying to get that either recorded or some sort of EVP and you're really pushing and you're being patient and nothing's happening, there are times, I repeat, there are times it is encouraged to provoke the entity to be able to do something to show you what happened. Now, is it a good idea? Absolutely not, because there are people out there who have provoked entity entities and have managed to get hurt really in the process, severely, yeah. really severely hurt. So I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying... It's encouraged and it's not the, encouraged at the same time. For the time. sake of evidence. Like, for the sake of evidence, like, yes. Like to bounce off of what you said, if someone got hurt, I'm not saying turn them into, well, not a martyr, that's a poor choice of words, but don't turn them into the gathering point of the investigation that, oh, they got hurt and then now you try and just get, okay, they have these injuries, that injuries, yada, yada, yada. That is something that happened. That is an event that happened during the investigation. So you want to recreate it. I'm not, again... I'm not condoning it because physical harm is very, very real. Um, but for the sake of evidence, provoke, but understand that there's a limit 
to how far you can take things. Okay. Now, specifically, like if you're dealing with potential demonic entities, then that limit is very, very low because it doesn't take a whole lot to piss something like that off. Okay. I'm going to tell you that from personal freaking experience. Uh, does not require a whole lot. I was going to say, that sounds like a very personal yeah. experience right there. Yeah. That, I didn't tell that story because no one knows that story. Oh, it's me. okay. We'll, um, we'll definitely get to it. That's uh, for sure. When Now, if you're dealing with like sporadic activity and someone gets like lightly scratched, like there's like, like you ever scratch yourself too hard and you get a little pink and then it just kind of welts where your nails are. Yeah. That more or less is more often not common. When you do investigations, and especially like in really, really well-known hot areas, that's pretty common. Big, bleedy, bloody gashes. That's because whatever's there didn't want you there, and you didn't pick up on the signs that you shouldn't be there. And that's the attention to detail is your physical body is your best tool in investigation. Why? Because as soon as the atmosphere changes, not the environment, your atmosphere, it was, it was real calm. It was eerie because you're in the dark and you're in a place you've never been in. But then you start getting like this feeling in the air. You start getting this gut feeling that you're being watched. Pay attention to that. Okay. I'm not saying immediately stop doing about face and then leave is okay. I have this gut feeling that I'm I or we, depending if you're going solo or not, are not alone. Okay. Proceed with caution. Okay. Definitely definitely proceed with caution and that's something that i didn't do when i got attacked when i talked about the episode where i got attacked it's, i didn't do that i didn't i didn't have any any you know real cautiousness about where i was going i again curiosity was so high when that but happened that, but that but with that story that was more of like an accidental like you came across it right and then, and then everything kind of just happened and just right. sprang on you but i just wish i had had better knowledge about the paranormal and, yeah, and entities I feel that. during that time, because then I wouldn't have felt the way I, I think I would have been more comfortable and more understanding. And especially hearing that, that growl in the background, being able to go, okay, this is where I need to back away. But you know, again, I didn't do that. So right. that was, I, I, I obviously take full responsibility for that right now. No, I'm not, I'm not saying if you hear, if you hear something like that again, to do an about face and just walk away because you want to try and document that because that's a finding. That's something that happened that you want to try and document, but always, always be careful. And so like what I always do and people kind of laugh at me, because I usually, like I said, I don't don't go hunt, go hunting by yourself, but I do it because, G-Man, you're the only other person that will take a hunt seriously. And what I mean by that is I have friends who will tag along on a hunt just to experience it, and they don't really contribute to the actual documentation of things. They're kind of just there to see to see how it works. The long and short of that explanation is. When you're going into a space, or at least what I do, is I vocalize the fact I'm not here to harm, I'm not here to disrespect, I am genuinely here to talk to you. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And that's regardless if it's a malevolent entity or a benevolent ent entity, I'm here to talk to you. What happened to you? Who were you before you died? What went on here before you died? If it was something tragic... Tell me about it because I definitely want to see if I can get a rise of anything out of it. There have been times where I said that and there were like three little orbs that kind of just flickered across feet in front of us. And I took that as, 
an acknowledgement of they understand I'm here. I, myself at least, am here to just document anything I find, to ask questions just for genuine curiosity and nothing else. Where you get people who are really loud and ostentations and then they leave in a stretcher because they got attacked or they got hurt. Um, so that's that's kind of playing off of paying respect. If something is there and you piss it off enough, if it doesn't outright attack you, it'll make you forget that there's something on the floor to trip on. And you will trip on it. And I'm not saying you're going to get violently attacked, but it's it's one of those, ha-ha, you, that's what you get. That's what you get for, for doing that. And it's funny you mentioned that too because running when people people have this this notion of of when especially when it's it's considered to be a demonic entity or when it's in a, in a, a residual haunting to where it scares uh you the investigator a lot of people that are in groups have a tendency of running away which is not a good thing to have do not ever run away when you're doing an investigation because you're so focused on getting out of that of that location that you completely forget about anything and everything that's around you, whether it's debris on the floor, whether it's, you know, a, a door uh, that's really low or something hanging off the ceiling. You know, you just, you got to be aware of these things. And so running away is not the best thing to do. And I really stress this also, do not ever run away during an investigation. And plus it kind of makes you look bad. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I've seen that with some professional teams where they've gone in uh, in the south somewhere. It was an old, old, old jail that had been uh, locked up, and it's just there. They were doing an investigation, and on on the top level of what I would assume was like general population, they had a static cam facing down into the hallway. And the static cam, the infrared light only goes like 30, 40 feet in front of the camera, and then it's just dark as night. There's two investigators, both male. They walk down this hallway. One kind of just walks back because they heard something else. The other one is still kind of just in the dark. And then out of nowhere, he bolts out of the darkness screaming at the top of his lungs. Now, if you're frightened that much, you probably shouldn't be investigating. No no offense to him or anyone who runs away. Unless it's your first time. Yeah, if it's your first time. But if you've been doing this a while, unless it's something you've actually never dealt with before, fine. I can... I can not let that slide, but I can I appreciate the fact that your flight or flight impulse just took control of you. But on the whole, as an investigator, you, you're you going to get afraid. You will always be afraid. Okay, Even if you say that you won't, you will always have fear. The open-mindedness part of that is to know that, yes, I am afraid, but there's something there I want to document. And that's what that has to be. So just kind of tying everything up together because that part of the day... We want to bring up some crucial last remarks. G-Man, do you got anything to throw into that? Like I said, really, there's just a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes to doing investigations, having open-mindedness. Uh, research is definitely key. The last remark I do want to make on this, though, is that we, something that you and I had talked about throughout the week, actually, uh, due diligence. Being able to be patient when it comes to an investigation um, a lot of people, again, going into an investigation and just wanting something to happen, not going to happen for you. You got to yeah. go in there, be patient, wait. I was on an investigation where I had people that were just impatient. They wanted something to happen right away. And truth be told, when you're impatient and you go off and do your own thing or you're with that's a how, couple. That's how you get hurt. You, yeah, that's how you get hurt. And it makes it harder to do an investigation because now you have someone in, within your group who's trying to f- 
put focus on you to get back focused into the investigation. It's understandable. And, you know, communication, make sure that you guys are always in communication with each other, whether it's via cell phones, radios, make sure that you guys are always in communication with each other. Because if you don't, again, someone will get hurt. Yeah, especially you want to make sure you know where where your teammates are at and where that your teammates know where you're at. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, we're just about to end this show here, but before we do, we, there is some things I do want to mention guys. If you have a ghost story that you want to submit to us, please, please go onto our social media sites. We have Instagram at into underscore the void underscore 2018. We also are on Twitter at G man and mystic. And also guys, please check out our Facebook page at pod paranormal 87. Also, make sure that you tune in to the next episode where we will be talking about our first ever submitted ghost story. We will be posting some of the uh, submitted picture evidence on our Twitter account. Right. But mainly, guys, this is the this is a doozy of a ghost story yeah, that we're going to be telling is, you. This is the real deal. Um, this is showing signs of intelligent haunting, some postgres activity because things are getting moved around, light anomalies because there's one photo I think has like a weird... Looks like a mist of yeah, some like sort. Yeah, a weird mist of it. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll go into yeah. all that. Uh, next episode we'll talk we'll we'll narrate the story and then we'll try and be as descriptive with the photos as best we can and then once we post the episode up we'll definitely put links up to the actual photographs themselves. absolutely absolutely and again if you guys if you the listener have a ghost story that you want to submit to us please dm direct messages message us to either our instagram or twitter or our facebook and let us know. We will take into account all the stories, but we also are looking for picture evidence to be able to post up. Yeah, if you've got if you've got photos, or if you've got audio files of something you recorded, like a weird sound, or you you might have caught an EVP, definitely, definitely, definitely try to get it to us somehow. Believe me, G-Man and I will try and find a way absolutely to to, to get that information from you. The I, the testimonies are good, are great. But if you've got the evidence to back it up, definitely don't be afraid to put that forward. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to end it here. I'm G-Man. And I'm the Mystic. And we want to thank you for falling with us into into the the void. void.